welcome to it Thursday on the Puro Pelka podcast. It's Mike here. It's been a busy week. I appreciate everybody who bounced over to the Dark to Light podcast with Tracy Beans on Monday and Wednesday. And we are back today with a full podcast and hopefully tomorrow as well. But I've got a lot of radio work going on tonight in uh, Fort Myers, Naples, Florida from 5 to 8 p.m. Live on 92.5 Fox News. And then tomorrow morning in Philadelphia in for Rich Zioli and then back again in Fort Myers and then Saturday night in Philly. So I'm exhausted. But I, I'd like to think I still sound the same as I normally do. Unlike John Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi who has people asking, what the heck is going on with John Bon Jovi's voice? This was in Raleigh, North Carolina, a couple of days ago. John Bon Jovi, usually just a brilliant voice, right? Now, I can't sing, but then I don't sing for a living. So John Bon Jovi sounding like this has a lot of people wondering what the heck's happening with his voice. I hope he's okay. I'm not a fan of his politics, but I do like his music. I'm going to admit that right out. But it's just a little disturbing, right? Richie's harmony still sounds good, and the backup singers are working overtime, but something's going on there. And speaking of singing and something's going on, I do not watch the TV show The Masked Singer. Just don't watch it. Had no interest in it. Seems like a silly idea. Don't we have enough singing shows anyway? Enough contested singing shows, game shows with people trying to become Pop stars, there's so many. American Idol, The Voice, The Great American Song Contest. And then you have this one with people wearing costumes, famous people in costumes singing. And apparently Rudy Giuliani just doesn't know how to say no to any offer to be on TV or in front of a camera. Giuliani singing on The Masked Singer. And when they revealed who was inside of the Jack in the Box costume... One of the hosts said, I'm done, and walked off. And uh, then they let Rudy sing once more. Rudy Giuliani, who does not sing for a living, doing um, a terrible rendition of Bad to the Bone. I want to be yours, pretty baby. Yours and yours alone. No, thanks. I'm here to tell you, honey, that I'm bad to the bone. Yes, bad is the operative term there. Bad is definitely the operative term there, Mr. Giuliani. What the heck happened to America's mayor? I I don't understand. A buddy of mine said it's like there are two Giulianis now. There was the the America's mayor Giuliani, and then there was the Giuliani afterwards. I, I really don't get it. Don't get it at all. A lot to get to today. A lot on our minds. I'm keeping one eye 
firmly focused on what's happening in Ukraine as we are told that important port city of Mariupol may fall today. One of Putin's buddies says it's definitely happening. Putin says he's claimed it already and will not storm the city. There's still a bunch of people, I guess, hiding out. And Russia is going to attempt to starve them out to make them come out and surrender. It's really bizarre to me that we can't handle this. And I think it comes from weak leadership. Russia's doing whatever it pleases because we are um, led by someone who is incapable of being strong. In fact, a, a new Associated Press poll came out today that shows 54% of Americans think uh, Biden has not been tough enough in his response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. 36% of the people think it's about right, and 8% say he's been too rough. I want to know who the 8% are. Are those Russian oligarchs and their families living here in America? Is that the group that's saying it's, it's just too darn tough? I'm also watching to see what's going to happen with this uh, DOJ appeal of the Florida judge uh, who overturned the mask mandate. I think this will be even a bigger disaster for Democrats if they try and tell people you can take your masks off and then a couple days later say, oh, you got to put them back on again. The airlines just started serving alcohol and food again. People were celebrating on the planes. And Delta, I think it was Delta. Yes, it was Delta put out the word that if we banned you from flying because you protested wearing a mask, all is forgiven. You can come back now. How's that going to work? Are you then going to put those people back on the banned list? Is, is that how this is going to work out? That's really silly. Just silly. Uh, maybe we create uh, a section on the plane that just has a plastic one of those giant plastic walls like they have in some of the stores or the schools had. And anybody who wants to wear a mask can go back there. The air is clean on the planes, people. Everybody needs to calm down. I'm also fascinated to see what's going to happen in Florida yesterday with the Senate passing the bill that revokes Disney's special status. They are given incredible tax breaks and Disney is basically its own country. Disney has its own set of rules. It doesn't have to let the local police come in. They uh, have to give permission to the local law enforcement to come in. It's like, I guess, a, a Native American reservation. It's its sovereign territory. But because of Disney's um, attack on Florida and its parental rights bill, the Florida governor has convinced the House or the Senate in Disney that they need to get rid of Disney's special treatment. Now, Disney was given a whole bunch of special treatment decades ago when Walt Disney said to the state, hey, I'm going to take all this swamp land and turn it into an amusement park for kids. And parents will come here by the millions and we will bring tourism here. Walt Disney's original dream. Walt explained it years ago this way. I felt that there should be something built, some kind of a, an amusement enterprise built, where that the parents and the children 
could uh, have fun together. But it all started from a daddy with two daughters wondering where he could take them, where he could have a little fun with them, too. So Walt Disney made that pitch. He built the place, and Florida and the surrounding counties, communities, gave him a whole bunch of tax breaks, financial incentives, and that's what municipalities, that's what states, that's what sometimes federal governments do in order to get business started. Because if you transform a swamp into an entertainment mecca, it will bring millions of visitors, and then it will also bring millions of employees, workers to the area. Those people will need houses, schools, restaurants, stores, all that stuff. But after a while, that business, especially one that's been as successful at Disney, really doesn't require all of the assistance that they have been getting from the government. All of the help and tax breaks and other incentives. And so the DeSantis administration just realized, hey, enough of this. And it's, it's on its way to being removed. Now, that's something that I think we should apply everywhere, too. Because if we gave you a whole bunch of money to start a car company, and then your car company's doing just fine, you don't need those benefits anymore. You need to do your fair share and pay your taxes. Same thing with places like Amazon, where you see they're making huge profits but because they are grandfathered into some of these deals, they're, they're not paying a penny in taxes. And after I wrote my checks to the government this last week, I'm saying that just ain't fair. So keep your eyes on that, Florida, fighting back against the uh, Disney wonks. And I hope, I hope, I hope Florida does the right thing. A couple other things here uh, catching my eye before we get to Lauren Fix the Car Coach. She's got a lot to say. I'm wagging my finger at the Fox News Network. I don't need to see uninterrupted coverage of the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. Yeah, they're two celebrities. But I really don't care about it when the world's on fire, when inflation's going nuts, when we have a president who's shaking hands with the air, all that stuff. I don't need several hours of uninterrupted coverage of two very entitled people talking about how they hated each other and tried to ruin each other's lives. Okay, the O.J. Simpson trial was interesting, but this ain't the O.J. Simpson trial. And let's face it, Johnny Depp made all of his money, am I jealous? Maybe. Uh, made all of his money playing a pirate based on a ride from Disney. Are all roads going back to Disney today? It kind of feels that way. The other stuff that I'm watching today, um, the Secret Service claims it has no records of who has visited Joe Biden in Delaware. Why? Joe Biden visits his beach house or his family home in Delaware most weekends. It seems like he's there pretty much every weekend or he was in Camp David last weekend for Easter. But Joe Biden doesn't spend much time at the White House. And we have been told for the first year of this administration that the visitor records would not be given to us. And now we are told the Secret Service doesn't even have them. Why? 
Why can we not know who's coming to visit Joe Biden when he is at the Delaware version of the White House? Joe Biden's Mar-a-Lago, if you will. The media would be obsessed with this if it were Donald Trump. They would be absolutely apoplectic about this. So I'm not happy about that. And speaking of other things that are not making me happy, we had a major freakout after the riot at the Capitol on January 6th before Joe Biden took office, right? Before the, the departure of Donald Trump, the January 6th riot was a big stinking deal. And now you've got this fake committee investigating it and all this stuff. And you would think that after that, that riot that the Capitol Police and everybody in Washington, D.C. would be communicating with each other better. Well, last night, the Washington Nationals baseball team had an event scheduled that would honor our military with some of the U.S. Army Golden Knights paratroopers flying over the stadium and parachuting into the stadium. It's an incredible thing to witness. They are brilliant. But nobody told the Capitol Police So the Capitol was evacuated briefly yesterday because they believed an airplane had breached the airspace in Washington, D.C. Somebody should be fired. I'm just saying. Somebody. Uh, I'm also not going to put out too many comments on the Piers Morgan, Donald Trump interview. I think the whole thing is theater. I think they're both in on it. Um... These guys are old friends. They know how to work the media. Piers is restarting a television career. And so he's going to try and get a huge audience with a controversy. Boo. Just saying. Anything else I need to get to before we get to Lauren Fix, uh, the car coach? Uh, This one scares me because, like many of you, I'm not a fan of going to the dentist. And this story, I, I don't even know how this happens. This was a recorded, reported by the Associated Press out of Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is right there on the border with Illinois. An Illinois man inhaled a dentist drill bit and had to go to the hospital to get it removed. He was at the dentist getting his tooth filled when he was told he swallowed a piece of the drill saying I didn't even feel it was going down. All I felt was a cough. And when they did the CAT scan, they realized you didn't swallow it. You inhaled it. How do you inhale it? So he had a one-inch bit. That's that's pretty big. A one-inch bit from a dentist drill embedded in his lung. Okay, anyone else having dental fears? I, I need to stop right now. We need to talk to our buddy Lauren Fix who's got the four-minute Friday coming up. Lauren Fix, the car coach, will get her in here next on the Pure Opelka podcast. Ooh, I got shivers from that story. Our buddy Lauren Fix, the car coach, is with us because every week she puts out the car coach reports, four-minute Friday video that teaches you all kinds of great things. But Lauren also sees a lot of things that relate to the automotive world, and I love picking her brain on stuff like this. Lauren, welcome back, my friend. 
Well, thank you. Yes, it's been a crazy world. You know, it's, as we all were locked down for two years, suddenly the auto industry is like keeping us cr- like flying all over the country. Some people around the world to, to see what they're doing, their concepts, what their plans are. And I got an opportunity to sit down with two, well, three actually, CEOs of companies hmm. and get and just casual, off the record, have a conversation. It was amazing how they all said the same thing to me. That's what blew me away. Well, if it's off the record, can you tell us any of it? Give us yeah, any inside scoop. I can tell you. I, I will just say that when you sit down, like when you go to these events, usually you know they show what they show their concept. This is what we're doing. This is where we're going. It's all going to be all electric. And then they place your card for dinner. You don't know where you're going to sit. Usually, you know, you just sit next to your buddies and you know people you want to chat with. Maybe somebody internal from the car company. But I was placed next to this. I'll tell you who this one was, the CEO and president of Hyundai Corporation. So this was Hyundai, Kia and Genesis. Hmm. He's third generation. Really nice guy. His name is Jay Chang. He he's at the top. His grandfather started the business in Korea. And then his his father, who is very strict to the culture, ran the, the business very strictly. He went to school in the U.S. as well as his own kids are here in, for school and college, and so I, they placed me next to him. Perfect English, absolutely easy to understand. And we, you know, you first you sit down. What are you going to say to this guy? Like, uh, how's the kids? You know, you don't know what to say. This guy and I had the most intense conversation. Where everyone else at the table was a bunch of journalists talking about the price of rice in China. <laughs> Literally, my little pun. We were having an in-depth conversation about supply chain, chip shortages, wiring harnesses, and the future of the car industry. His, his, one of his underlings came to me and said, wow, you guys were having a really intense conversation. Here's the results. I said, do you really think that we're going to go all electric? He said, no, we're not. He said, China will be satisfied with 25% electric cars. This is coming from some guy who's super, super smart. Mm-hmm. He's got his ear to the ground. He knows what's going on. He's certainly not covered by a bunch of people you know, telling him, here's the narrative. He's a businessman, and he's very, very successful. So he, he said, there's no way, because the grid around the world can't support it. He said, and this is what I didn't know. He said, we're going to have a big battery issue coming up very soon. I said, yeah. Why is that? Of course, you have to play dumb a little bit. And he said, where do you think all the nickel comes? The number one source of nickel in the world. And I said, I said, probably China. He said, no, they refine it. Russia is the number one miner of nickel in the world. Hmm. Number one supplier. He said, if we try to take out Putin or we, and I was really shocked to hear this from him because it's not a car subject necessarily. But he was saying that all that nickel in the world comes from russia they then as a partnership ship it to china who does all the refining puts it into batteries and controls the battery supply of pretty much the world he said even the country of korea which obviously he's just a huge company there and they are they are huge because hyundai does like everything if you're ever in korea you look up it's literally on buildings on ships it's on everything so they're not just a car company um he said we sold our chip company to china they now run all the chips they get the neon from the Ukraine and Russia, the batteries. He says all this is going to put a big hot wet blanket. He believes, and and the same thing t- came from BMW CEO and a couple others that I sat down with dinner. There's going to be the solution of 
combustion engines, which BMW said they're going to do, plug-in hybrids if you choose to, and then electric vehicles, because the consumer is going to make the final decision, not the government. Because if people aren't buying it and they keep their cars and they go, oh, after 2035, like Kathy Hochul said at the opening of the New York Auto Show, there's not going to be any more gasoline cars sold in the state. Good luck with that. Because when you live up in the Adirondacks, and there's every state has areas where there's no um, charging stations. You can't have it everywhere. Those well, people will not be able to make the transition, and, and these guys know it. Well, Lauren, uh, according to our president, we're going to pay for, you and I are going to pay for 500,000 charging stations on a national network that's going to go all across the country. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> well, if you live in a nice little city, and maybe another problem is that every grid is separate. Yeah. So if a grid goes down, like you've probably seen it, you have a car accident in a certain area of your city goes dark and because they took out a pole or a station. And that's happened even where I live. I live in a very small town and you'll, you'll darken the whole town where the next city over doesn't have it because the grids aren't connected. So they're connected, but they're not connected. You know what I'm saying? You can have the power going across, but it's that way for security reasons. It's that way for a lot of things. So the grid can't support it. And everyone I've talked to, including some people who are really deep, deep into the, I try, always try to track these people down when I see them and have a conversation about recycling of the batteries. Still can't get that under control. Don't have enough electricity. I said, what are we doing here? And the answer I'm getting from literally everyone is we're going to comply within reason. If we're taking a loss on either selling a car or can't supply the electricity or people push back because they can't afford to plug in, that's a problem. So as, as I keep saying, the narrative that I'm hearing throughout the news, and you're hearing it too, we're going electric, electric, we're going to get this, we're going to charge you, whatever. If you can't afford $5 a gallon gas, and by the way, gasoline is going to get a lot more expensive because as of June, we're no longer getting the order of our Russian oil disappears. So what we paid for is coming. Once we're done with that, you can only take so much of the reserves. And if we're not drilling more, and I know they said they're going to drill on lands, all the government lands they said they couldn't drill on. They also added 11 new fines and fees. So if you're if you're not making any money, why would you do it? Well, and the perfect example for the average person is if you opened a coffee shop, Mike, you and I open a coffee shop. We're not doing it to give coffee away. We're doing it to make money, right? Yeah, hopefully. Well, hopefully. That's a goal. Even if you make you know five cents a cup of coffee, it's something. That profit goes to turn on lights, to hire more people, to expand your shop, add baked goods and whatever. But if you're not making money, you're not going to do it. So if no one's making money, they're not going to do it. You know, we are in a, a different type of government setup and, and economy than other countries, but even China knows they can't. They're building nuclear power plants like crazy, and Germany and the U.S. are tearing them down as quick as possible. So this is not going to make sense, and you will start seeing smaller nuclear power plants coming up, and that's coming in the near future because there's no way we can support just everyday usage of computers and all the electronics we use every day. Forget the cars, just us every day. The grid can't support it without nuclear power. All right, all right. It's a it's a messy situation. I'm it glad is, and I'm, I'm following it daily, and it's well, pretty intense. And we appreciate it. I'm glad the car company heads are aware of this. What are we learning in the four minute Friday this week, Lauren? Oh, okay. This is a little along the gasoline lines. So last week, um, Biden said we're going to expand and put 15 percent ethanol into our gasoline. Now, currently it's 10%. And the reason you don't get E15, it's called, you see it at the pump, you'll see like E15. 
and or you say E10 or E85, that means the percentage of ethanol. Now, what ethanol is, and I describe it in my Friday segment, which is coming up, it'll go post at nine o'clock in the morning, and then I'm going off to, to watch my daughter get married. Um, it tells you that corn, which is a food source, is being converted into uh, an additive for gasoline. Now, that may be like, well, why are we doing that? Well, instead, farmers, and I don't blame farmers. If I were a farmer, I'd take the subsidy too. You, you have to work with what you got, right? They're taking a special type of corn, and it takes seven bushels to make one gallon of ethanol. Then that, that ethanol is then gifted to the oil companies where they blend it with their gasoline, which is another step which costs them more money, and they put it out there. Well, they stopped selling it because the EPA, who's the one who's approving this, said that it pollutes, especially between June 1st and September 15th, the warm temperatures, what comes out the tailpipe is actually damaging the environment and it causes pollution. But we're gonna go back to doing that year round. Why are we doing that? Isn't that, wasn't that the reason for electric cars? Is that we didn't wanna pollute? So here we are back with the EPA going against what they said, like I keep saying, is it asbestos and lead paint? These, these are good, good things. Oh, they're bad things. This is another one of those. Let's put 15% ethanol in. Let's damage people's engines because it's highly corrosive. Let's pollute the environment until someone wakes up and says, yeah, I don't think that was a good idea. In the meantime, you will pay more for gasoline. It will not lower it. There's still a procedure to do it. There's about 150,000 stations across the U.S. that sell E15. Don't put it in your car. I'm telling you, spend the extra money, drive less, whatever you got to do. It damages most vehicles. You, it'll damage your emission system, your fuel system, your engine, and that bill goes to you. You can't go back to the government and say, hey, by the way, that E15 you said was good is damaging my engine. It's on you. Hmm. And it also voids the warranty in some cases, right? Yes, it does. And I list the car companies in my video of which ones actually, and I'll just tell you quickly, if you own a BMW, Chrysler product, Nissan, Toyota, Volkswagen, mind you, Volkswagen Group is also including Audi and all the other expensive brands. Uh, in addition, GM, Ford, Honda, Hyundai, Kia, Mazda, Mercedes-Benz, and Volvo said if you use E15 and it's in your owner's manual, of course, no one reads that, but me, you avoid the warranty on your fuel system mm. and your engine. And that bill is not going to be pretty. Yeah, and the government's not going to pay for it. Her name no. is Lauren <sighs> Fix. She is the car coach. She is our go-to on automotive issues and related issues. Follow her on every social media outlet. But on Fridays, you have to go to YouTube, go to Car Coach Reports, that channel, and you'll get the four-minute Friday. And, Lauren, um, much happiness to your daughter and your family on the Thank wedding. You. And uh, let's talk again soon. All right. I look forward to it. Thank you very much.